Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pop Culture Nerd Podcast. My name is Patrick Breen, and on today's episode, I will be joined by Healy, a very talented hip-hop artist hailing from Memphis, Tennessee, and currently residing in Brooklyn, New York. If you like the podcast or you would like to reach out, please check us out on Instagram at popculturenerd, or send us an email, popculturenerd2 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy. You may know Ethan Healy from his 2017 hit song Reckless, which comes off of a very successful debut album called Sublux, but in the last few years Healy has become so much more. His latest records combine his Americana influences growing up in Tennessee with modern-day hip-hop, making him one of the most unique artists I've had on the show, and somebody I was very excited to sit down and talk with. He is about to head out on the road for some shows across the United States, including a sold-out stop in Brooklyn. So I am very happy to welcome Healy onto the show. How are you doing, Ethan? I'm good. Um, it's finally feeling like fall here and um i'm just like thriving in this cold this cooler weather it's definitely like giving me some inspiration and um yeah i'm just excited i'm excited to get back on the road i haven't done this in like four years and so it's 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 one of my favorite parts of being a musician so i'm excited so your new ep look at god is out now you're about to head out on this short tour as we just mentioned with a sold out now stop here in brooklyn uh followed by some west coast stops a concert also in your hometown of memphis on november 16th is that going to be um a special show for you yeah i mean playing in memphis is always really special um I, i feel like i I have, have I have vivid memories of like playing there every single time. And so um, and all my friends are and family are there. And so it's it's always a very like emotionally charged um, moment for sure. I got my band back together that I played with like four years ago. Um, and I'm super psyched about that just because they they have such like a, a they're just so symbiotic and they're just locked in because they've played with each other for a while. And um I like to think we have a pretty good dynamic. And so um, that's one thing that I'm really excited about is to be able to like play some of the older songs and the ways that we, that we were playing them. And then also flesh out some of these newer ones and bring them into a live space. Um, Because a lot of it was like, I have, I feel like I've been creating like in the box um, for the last like two, like two or three years. And so it's going to be nice to like not use tracks and just like kind of let them, I don't know, expand and contract every single show and and be a little different sometimes in different ways, but definitely have like a a solid baseline to fall back on. Um, But yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm just, I'm just pumped to, to see them again. Honestly, I haven't, I really haven't hung with them in a while. So. I'm sure. Well, you've got a little over a month before you head out uh, on tour and it must be heartening to see some of these tour dates start to sell out, uh, you know, this early. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it feels good for sure. Um, I also, I, it's it's really cool that the the Brooklyn show sold out so quick just because New York is always such a special show. Um, I was listening to I took like iPhone recordings of every of every show last tour and I was listening to the the one from um, we played in Soho I can't remember the exact venue but um, 
I think Mercury Lounge is what it was. And I was just getting chills listening to it. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. So yeah, it definitely feels good to know that people are pumped to hear some music live. Well, let's talk about this new EP, which I'm sure you'll be uh, getting to play live. Just surface level, where does the title Look at God come from? Well, honestly, speaking about the band, I, I first heard this the saying Look at God from my, my bassist, uh, Christian, we would be on tour for like our first ever tour, like opening for this one artist and something would either like go awry or something like incredibly fortuitous would take place. And he would just, he would just exclaim, just look at God. And to me, I mean, that, that it holds this um, feeling of like not being in control and just kind of reflecting on, on life happening, like right in front of you. I really resonated with that just because the the last like year and change of life, especially within music, has been very out, much out of my control. Because I like uh, and I had like a crazy injury with my my eardrum ruptured, and I like lost about half my hearing, and um, I had to I I couldn't make music for like half a year to a year, especially in the capacity that that I was making it in. And so um, I just kind of had to like step back and, and kind of let go of life in a way and um, lean into the reality that I just like wasn't in control. And so um, it's kind of, it's kind of two part and that's one of them. And then the other over the course of that, of that period of just like letting go and kind of, releasing the hold I had on life. I just started to look through life through a new lens of, of, uh, I don't know, like not letting bitterness like run and essentially ruin my life and direct me. And, uh, I started like seeing myself and everybody else. And I saw everybody else and myself. And, um, I don't know, I kind of, I don't subscribe to any like religion per se, but I, I do feel like I'm a spiritual person. And if I were to agree with one, it would probably be more of like a Zen Buddhist kind of way of, of living and thinking. And um, one element of that is the notion of uh, non-duality, um, just like kind of everything stemming from a common source and just be everyone being cut from the same cloth. And so it's kind of a double entendre in a way of like, you know, realizing you're not in control and kind of finding the euphoria and silver lining in that while also like seeing, seeing yourself and in, in everywhere, like, it's just kind of a mental mantra for me or a mental gravity of like, if I'm ever lost in life, I can just kind of look up and look around and be found. And so, um, yeah, the, the title, it just, it, it jumped out at me one day, I was texting my friend and I was like, that's, that's, that's it. It was, and it yeah. stayed that way for like a year and a half. Usually I like have one album, to, like the, tr the project is titled something for like, 90% of the time I'm working on it. And then the very last month, I'm like, no, that's, that's got to change. But this one was like, oh, no, it's look at God. Yeah, well, I, I think that's great. And I, I certainly recognize a lot of those themes throughout the EP, you know, just listening to it. And um, my, I'm kind of curious, because you mentioned it at the end there, when you go into an EP or a project like this, does that central theme develop as you come up with melodies and lyrics or has that been present since, you know, a year and change out where you've been thinking, this is what I want the album to focus on? That's a great question. And I feel like it's, it's project dependent. Um, like my first ever album, I, I knew I wanted to approach it with like a story structure 
with like the hero's journey in a way and like every mm. like one song or two songs existing as like a point in that story and um and so that was very like intentional and methodical um but this the last two projects i've made i feel like the themes and motifs kind of unearth themselves in a way and i i'm just trying to keep my ear to the ground and um stay sensitive to them i'm just i'm like detrimentally self-aware i think and uh there it's a double-edged sword so um the good aspect of that is i mean i'm always like kind of reflecting on the things that i'm making and and kind of picking them apart in a way of like oh like this music is for me like a an outlet and it's it's a very subconscious activity and and so just listening into that and like trying to hear the through lines and hear the the common denominators that's that's like an it's an active part of the process for me and so it's definitely project dependent but i think look at god was definitely it it kind of presented itself to me like life just was like oh here you go this is this is what um this is what it is and i just kind of stuck and do you feel like you're always writing like are you someone who's got the notebook or perhaps the modern equivalent of that like a notes app or something um and you're always you know jotting things down or do you have to sort of compartmentalize and say like okay i'm gonna set some time aside today this is where i'm working on this song or you know how, take me through that writing process yeah um i think i'm just always kind of taking notes and like writing things down uh i've got this really cool app on my phone that it's a little different from the notes app but it still is like it kind of possesses the same or just offers the same kind of function um but if i even see something like like on the daily like um like a mosaic like verse or something on the sub on the subway tiles or like in a book i'm reading or like poetry that like a word that i i, I don't often use i'm like oh my gosh that that really like kind of invigorates me or just like it kind of it scratches an itch let me write it down and either find a way to incorporate it or or use it as like a prompt to build off of later um but i'd like to say i'm like always kind of listening and always kind of writing one of my like one of my favorite uh songwriters um adrienne becker she's a she's the lead singer for uh or adrienne linker oh my gosh wow uh, she's the lead singer for uh, Big Thief. She was mm -hmm. in an interview one time and someone was asking her uh, who some of her favorite poets are. And she was like, well, honestly, some of, some of my favorite poets are like real life conversations that I hear like in passing at the supermarket or like on the subway or wherever. And so um, I, that really resonated with me. And so I, I, I like to just listen and find inspiration in whatever I can and just write it down. I always have my notes app up that Instagram page or, or whatever it is of like overheard New York is one of my favorite things um, because yeah. there, there really is no better city to walk around and hear, you know, from the wild, the wildest conversation you can think of, like you'll, you'll certainly pass by. Now, speaking of poetry a bit, um, I, I interest you, I introduced you as a hip hop artist, but how would you classify yourself or is it helpful? Do you think to, to pigeonhole yourself into a genre? I don't, I don't really know how I would classify myself. Um, I think, honestly, from the moment that I started making music, like really intentionally to release it and share it, um, one thing I was, I was pretty purposeful about was 
trying to like bend different styles of music or just like not necessarily like bastardize them but just almost alchemize them in a way just because mm -hmm. um it was exciting and so i think uh i don't know if i would pigeonhole myself into one one like genre or style of, of music um just because like some of the stuff i'm working on right now is it's like kind of like gospel cowboy almost it's very like expansive but um still grounded in this like acoustic instrumentation and and there's a lot of storytelling involved it's reminiscent of like almost like america like roots americana kind of country stuff um and so i think not pigeonholing it it's just like for me it it's the best way to approach it just because uh, i don't feel like bound to making one thing or or just like bordered in a way now this is kind of a, a deep cut here but it, it seems to me you just mentioned americana and and sort of a blues focus that you do take a lot of inspiration from sort of like the great american prose like authors who you know some of the great american authors and i understand that you you credited a certain english teacher in high school for helping you discover that could you mm -hmm. could you tell me about this teacher yeah it was my senior year as ap english mr brummer he uh he really just like i mean he really like bottlenecked my my creativity in a way just like and he helped me find my voice um I, like one of the first projects that we did or one of the first like assignments that we did was we had to write a, a creative short story but it, it could only be at most like two syllable words and so having those external constraints, I'd never really been faced with that. And I'd always been just like writing very formally or just like, you know, for academia. And um, he really helped me break the mold there. And he was also introducing us to a lot of like, a lot of authors that were breaking the, the rules too, like Flannery O'Connor and mm. Cormac McCarthy, who just like, used like run on sentences just like sometimes a, a whole page would just be one or like a whole paragraph and a page would be one sentence um and ha like having the just being made aware that it was okay to break the rules was really uh inspiring um and one of the last projects that we did was uh a set of like three or four poems and i was going through a really like tumultuous time in life at that point like my parents were splitting up and so I had all these like all these emotions and all these fireworks going off in my head and uh the act of writing poetry was a, a really cool way to harness that and to and to make them into something tangible those feelings and uh that was like the first song I ended up ever recording was one of those poems just like put to some guitar and so yeah, I wouldn't be, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am right here without uh, Jamie Brummer or just like my, mm. my friends that were in that class too, that either just like champion some of the stuff I was doing, or just like the fact that we could bounce ideas um, and just collaborate in that, in that dimension. Really I would, cool. I'd say most, you know, great musicians, journalists, writers, anything, it usually started with a, with a great English teacher. Um, so <laughs> I think that is a, a great story to hear. Now, when did you first realize that music would be, you know, a lifelong passion and career for you? Because um, I know you mentioned a bit about writing for academia. 
Um, I know you went into college sort of on a different track, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I went to school for, well, the first day of, of college, I went in wanting to do film and video production just because I'd been like tinkering and after effects and making a bunch of like, um, I don't know, just like editing and I'd re been really inspired by film. And so first day I thought I was going to do that, but I'd also gone through about uh, like a almost like a year long bout of physical therapy for like a nasty knee injury. And um, the I think the relationship I was able to develop with my and the rapport I think I was able to develop with my physical therapist was a really unique one and just really inspiring to me. And so I wanted to be able to experience that from the other side and and you know be that kind of mentor and and uh like safe space for someone in the healing process and so i ended up just changing my route immediately and just after the first day of orientation and just going for uh anatomy and physiology like exercise phys and then i went to i got my doctorate in physical therapy after but i i think while i was getting my doctorate the first the like first tour I ever went on, like I mentioned, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, it was an opening tour. And after the first show that we played in Atlanta at the Drunken Unicorn, it was just like dingy kind of dive bar-y setting. But I just remember like I blacked out for the whole show, like, and didn't really remember it. But afterwards I just had this, like, this aura or just like, I was just like vibrating. I was just like, this is so unreal. And I remember being in the, the tour bus after being like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like I, I'd known from a really young age that like 11 or 12, I just had this random, like was just kind of struck with this weird epiphany one day uh, waiting for the shower to warm up that I was just, I knew I was going to positively affect a large number of people. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to happen. And I knew it was going to be like, um, like an unconventional way of doing that, that I just wasn't aware of at that point. And for it to manifest in this like really creative and um, just special reality is just, I mean, uh, I like still freak out waking up every day. I'm like, this is what I do. Like, this is really what I do for a living. This is crazy. That's wonderful. And it's great to have um, that perspective on and be so self-aware, honestly, because a lot of people, you know, they're not necessarily driven only because they can't narrow down that thing that is really the passion that that drives them. So that's, I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, I will ask the cliche question of what your main influences are that go into your music. I know, in terms of contemporary music, you had a feature on this record with uh, Cautious Clay uh, on, on a great song. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that's one of your contemporary influences. But how, what about some older, you know, hip hop or music influences? Yeah, well, yeah, Cautious is definitely, I mean, he's, he definitely is a contemporary influence for sure. Um, his songwriting is is impeccable. And I think his, the way he controls space and just like the arena of his, and just like the, yeah, the environment of his songs is really, uh, it's unreal. But I kind of grew up listening to a bunch of different stuff, which I credit my parents, uh, credit my parents for that. Um, like, Every night at dinner, we'd listen to like either Earth, Wind, and Fire or um, this one. Uh, shoot, it was a Buena Vista Social Club. This like it's like a collection of uh, Cuban artists that um, made this incredible record. Um, or like um, 
like the Laurel Canyon kind of era of songwriters, mm -hmm. whether it was like Jackson Brown or Crosby, Stills and Nash, um, Lucinda Williams was in there kind of too. And so I think the raw nature of, of those songwriters, like the, the Laurel Canyon kind of era is a huge influence in the way that I, I like structure songs. Um, and I think growing up in Memphis too, it, it affects my like chordal taste or even just like the, the, the general like tone of the bodies of, of work that I make. It's very, it is more like um, soulful and it is more um, like kind of introspective and, and, and a bluesy in a way. And uh, so I think artists like Maurice White and Earth, Wind and Fire and, uh, and then like Crosby, Stills and Nash, like their harmonies, like, I I have this incredible affinity for harmony and I think it is because I was just like either surrounded by harmony through that music or or my mom was also in the choir and so uh there'd just be hymns kind of bouncing off the wall and she'd be singing constantly and harmonizing effortlessly to anything and everything. That's great. Well, I just brought up that feature on uh Famous Last Words and so I'll ask you how did that come about and what is the process like of bringing in another artist to, you know, onto your vision? yeah I well I'd like had the my verse done and I was just trying to like think of people that would really both like complement the space while also elevating it and Josh Cautious is just like a no-brainer for me and we we've kind of kept in touch and kind of supported each other since like 2017 and um so we have a pretty open like creative dialogue there and uh so I reached out and sent it to him and you know I on a whim and I just I didn't expect him to necessarily agree with it because it uh I don't know I, I guess I just didn't expect him to agree with it and he got back he's like hey this is actually like really fresh I, I really I really like this and he got me the verse he sent me his verse within like a week and mm -hmm. we just kind of we shopped a couple of melodies and um and I like brought him in on the mixing process for his vocals and stuff. And I mean, it was, it was honestly as like seamless of a process as it could have been. Uh, I was really um, spoiled with that um, just because Josh is also just very, a very sensitive person and also just an, an incredible human too. And so uh, there's this level of respect present that um, I, I really appreciated. So um, it really came out, it came about supernaturally and um, he, I mean, he killed it. He really, really did so well on it. Well, I don't want to hold you here too long, Ethan, but is there anything else coming up for you that you're excited about? Any new music or any um any you know collaborations or or new tour dates in the future? Yeah. Um I've got a couple features that I'm that I'm sending out within the next like week or two. Um and uh I'm just working on a long form right now. I've got like five or so songs and the the overall like just the kind of the the tonal world of it is I'm like kind of building out the map right now I've got like the legend is kind of present there and so I'm I'm kind of just like navigating navigating it right now and um really trying to be intentional about the songwriting and so I'm really excited about that that'll probably be out next summer I'd say um 
And yeah, I mean, hopefully after this mini run, I'd, I'd love to play some some bigger shows and some festivals next year, but um, that remains to be seen. Well, best of luck on this tour. Best of luck with the new EP. And I am looking forward to hearing some of that new music in the future. And I hope to see you at one of those big festivals. Oh, man, no, we'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you some and, and I'll definitely let you know when, when you get booked for one, for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. White time got his Nike sign running so fast, you gon' kill someone. And last time I checked, who my friend is, don't depend on a stem you learn. And thank you for listening to the Pop Culture Nerd Podcast. Don't forget the show can be found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And if you like the episode, you can leave a review and follow me on Instagram at Patrick underscore Breen for more updates. See you next time. What's it true without someone to hear it? What's a feeling without someone to feed it? What's appealing, sleeping on a weekend? Home solo, spinning on the ceiling. And every day is the same when the name of the games breaks, where the breaks even. Yeah. It's so fading.